Yes, we did. Yes, we can. Thank you. God bless. Hello, and welcome back to 50 Tars Plus. I'm Alex, covering the U.S. I'm Nicola, covering Switzerland. And today is a very special promised episode. I've just been through my trip in Switzerland with my wonderful host, Nicola Imfeld. And it's been a truly, un- it's just been a remarkable experience. Unforgettable. We maybe have to say we were uh, in total six people. Um, five Americans and uh, one Swiss guy. I was feeling sometimes a bit lonely, but <laughs> I was uh, <laughs> very happy, obviously, uh, to show you guys at the country. Uh, Alex, um, maybe tell us what was your highlight of the trip. Oh, my God. That's probably the hardest question you've ever asked me on this podcast. What is the highlight? Um, one of them is the scenery. Every single place you go in Switzerland is beautiful. There is no exception. Every single place has fantastic landscapes, fantastic views. Okay, maybe this, maybe Nicola disagrees. Uh, he's seen more of Switzerland than me, obviously, but that's the impression I have so far. In Basel, no beautiful views. <laughs> um, I, I'll have to take your word for that. I didn't get to go to Basel. Uh, for me, the highlight was probably either Interlaken or Geneva. Uh, Geneva, we didn't stay too long, but it's a gorgeous international city. I was blown away by the history, even just in my brief time there. For example, President Woodrow Wilson Hotel, you know, because of the League of Nations, 1917. Uh, but also Interlaken was gorgeous. The hike was amazing. I got some really great pictures to get some clout on my Instagram. Do you think uh, our friend Flavio, he remembers anything of Geneva? No. <laughs> <laughs> So we were, we were for, uh, like, we arrived after a long hike in Cermat uh, at the Matterhorn. We arrived in Geneva at, like, 10 p.m., um, quickly showered, and then we went to our only club experience in, in Switzerland. Uh, Alex actually went to bed early. What a shame. Well, uh, the, there was a very important event the next day, which we'll talk about later in this podcast. Grasshoppers! The Grasshoppers <laughs> Derby. Uh, we'll get to that later. And I wanted to be prepared for that. I was really excited for it. Uh, Flavio, on the other hand, he wanted to see the club, and he did make it to the Derby, don't get me wrong, but uh, I don't think he remembers Geneva, and he was only operational for like three hours that day, so I think I made the better decision here. Yeah, but it was uh, great that he actually came alive again for the Derby. Um, yeah, but just overall, really fun, uh, fun, uh, fun crew we had on the trip, uh, and um, I'm happy that I was able to show you the different sides of Switzerland. We've been to Lucerne, a city, we've been to the mountains, we've been to the lakes. Um, obviously, we've been to the beautiful part, the touristic part also, but um, yeah, I hope I, I made a good impression on Switzerland. No, you were a fantastic tour guide. Honestly, I have to give props to Nicola. Uh, probably the best tour guide I've ever had for going to a new country. Well, he has to say that because my Swiss army um, weapon is next to us. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Um, his roommate is actually a policeman here. So if Nicola messes with me, I'll just have Dominic arrest him. No, thanks. Thanks for the kind words. I have to say, though, um, you were um, great guests. But um, as you can imagine, um, American guys in Switzerland, they can get confused very fast. Uh, the first morning I woke up and um, our friend Ben already um, flooded the dishwasher. So <laughs> our whole kitchen was flooded um, because he put in the, the wrong um, 
cleaner. And then uh, a couple days later, Alex, our great Alex, he ripped off the door handle of my apartment and we were not able to go out. Luckily, Carlos saved us. Uh, Switzerland is made of cardboard. Um, <laughs> here's the thing, though. Swiss doors are very inferior engineering, I have to be honest. They, a majority of them, according to Nicola, are the same as his door, and you can't actually get out without a key. You have to unlock your own door with a key. That's a huge fire hazard, in my opinion. Uh, it looks as if the handles are meant to come out very easily, and for me, I think that's a problem. I would suggest Americans have much better doors, which is not something I thought I would say. Do I hear excuses here? <clears throat> no excuses. You just have inferior doors. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, moving on from the door problem we had, um, other than that, no problems. Yeah, no problems, really. Everything went more or less according to plan. We were late for a lot of things, but that's okay. Uh, that's typical Nicola. Uh, I still had a fantastic time. We still got to do basically everything we wanted. You, do you know that it's Americans' fault um, that I'm late all the time now? Because before I went, to, <laughs> it's true. Before I went to America, I was always on time. I am still for my business meetings, but uh, I have to be honest: for my private meetings, uh, I've uh, become a very late person, and that's because of California, actually, not America. California, especially. California, yeah, we're late to a lot of stuff. But I don't know, Nicola. I am. I'm st sitting next to your watch. It's not even Swiss. What is this watch from? Uh, German. <laughs> <laughs> So you went for the superior German engineering, I guess. Uh, I wish you would do that with your door. <laughs> um, what's your low light of Switzerland? Because obviously you're going to say all the nice words now, but um, I'm sure there was also some stuff that bothered you, maybe? So there were a couple of things I didn't like uh, in Switzerland. The first one is, of course, you could use more variety of food, but I'm spoiled by the US, especially by California. It's such a big state. You can't really match that uh, in a small country in Europe. That's impossible. And additionally, I think the biggest low point for me happened in Zermatt, uh, the town right outside of the Matterhorn. It's a beautiful town, lovely views, uh, gorgeous, but they have these electric cars. And I'm usually a fan of electric cars, but they were really quiet, like bicycle quiet. And the, the horns were dead silent. You can't hear them. And the drivers, they're so aggressive. They don't really give any leeway to pedestrians. Uh, in California, you know, pedestrians always have the right of way. I don't know if that's true in Switzerland, but multiple of us almost got hit in the same hour in Zermatt. Not even the same day, the same hour. And it was reckless driving. I thought it was probably just a really, really bad hazard. I really doubt that there haven't been deaths. There have to have been. We have to clarify we were sober when we almost got hit. It was daytime, broad daylight. We were 100% <laughs> sober. And um, But hold on, Alex. Actually, um, this uh, idea, um, part of it comes from your favorite politician, Alexandria <laughs> Ocasio-Cortez. So we even called it the AOC death car. Yeah, it was <laughs> the AOC death car. I, I do think AOC would love Zermatt. Uh, it's a really great town. And also the sustainability of the town, the waste practices are very good. Uh, in a future episode, when we talk about climate change and waste and sustainability, I would love to get more into what Zermatt did well. Actually, that's interesting because you helped me clean up the other day and we were like um, sorting out, you know, the, the bottles, the pet bottles, um, the glass... 
um, all the trash and um, I saw that you um, wanted to put the, the glass bottles and the pet bottles in into the same uh, area, into the same uh, bag. And um, so I think that's not something, I mean, I know from my personal experience in California, living in a high rise, all um, we do there is just put the trash, um, the same trash um, down 24 floors and then it's uh, in, the, in the same spot. So you don't really um, divide the trash, right? Yeah, the Swiss divide their trash much more efficiently than the U.S. And, you know, actually, I'm going to propose in the future as legislation to a future boss or maybe my current boss, I don't know, that uh, we adopt at least a resolution asking the government to try and enforce something similar to what the Swiss are doing with their trash. I really like it. And, you know, you cannot really blame the people living in these high-rises because... Yes, there are existing some places in San Diego also where you can divide the trash, but it's 20 minutes by car. So do you really want from the people that, I mean, yeah, you want it, but, um, you know, that people every second day, they drive 20 minutes to divide the trash. Obviously, most of them are not going to do it. So what California and America has to do is offer much more places where you can do that, much more convenient, and then people can do it much more easily and they will do it more often. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I intend when I get home, I'm going to separate my trash like this. Uh, oh, for our listeners, here's a, a quick tidbit about sustainability that I've realized a lot of Americans don't know, but Swiss people do know. And I didn't know this until my partner taught it to me, that when you recycle, you need to make sure it doesn't have too much liquid or too much grease on it, or it cannot be recycled. And this is something the Swiss are very good at, something Americans could use work on. And, um, yeah, we were in a car traveling through Switzerland, um, seven people seat. Um, I drove all the time. Alex, uh, <laughs> yeah, so there was a rule. Alex didn't know this, but um, we made a rule. Um, and Alex was not aware of it in the beginning um, that everybody can drive the car, but Alex is not allowed to drive the car. It's the first time he's hearing this, I believe. And the reason for that is I've uh, driven with Alex Vykov uh, multiple <laughs> times from San Diego to Los Angeles. I have survived, but I don't know how I survived. Uh, I'm just a much more brave and assertive driver than you, obviously, with my superior Californian uh, highways and experience. No, so it was a good thing Alex didn't drive. We had no accidents. Um, and um, yeah, Alex was sleeping most of the time in the back of the car. Actually, he didn't even see uh, Switzerland. No, 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 no. I only slept during one or two of the car rides, only a couple hours each. I saw plenty. I have the pictures to prove it. We'll put some on Instagram. We did a hike also at the Matterhorn. Um, I know, Alex, that you do a lot of hikes also in America. There are a lot of uh, trails in America, especially in California too. Um, what was different maybe? Do you feel like um, you could also do such a hike in America or what was special potentially about it? You certainly could do similar hikes in the U.S., this is top five uh, for me among the hikes I've done. Gorgeous. Uh, it was the five lakes that we got to see. Oh my God, so beautiful. Uh, we met a lot of cool people uh, on the trip. Uh, we met these girls who were, you know, going through Switzerland themselves. Uh, I think they were from Belgium uh, and they were camping. They were doing a lot better of a job than us, actually. Uh, at least when it came to prepping the meals and such. They even cooked the soup uh, next to a lake, but they didn't yeah. want to share it with us. Uh, pumpkin soup. Yeah. Uh, we're calling them out for that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, yes, and um, just a great week. Um, the weather was nice, uh, luckily. And um, something special, Alex, actually, what uh, only you can see, and uh, not all other tourists, something untouristy, was the castle of Landsberg. I live in Landsberg, and you've seen this very old castle here. Um, well, how was this for you? I loved the castle. It was a, it was the first thing we saw really in Switzerland. Nicola took us up to the castle of Lensburg and we got a great view of this, uh, this town he lives in. Uh, oh, that's a difference. Uh, the Swiss, you like to call these towns villages. Mm -hmm. In the US, we don't really use the word villages as far as I understand. So that's a interesting cultural difference for me. Uh, I don't know what the significance of it is though. But yeah, Lensburg is great. I really love it. Well, Alex says now it's great, but he actually made fun of me in the first day, um, telling me he already saw a sheep, I'm a farmer, <laughs> and all that stuff. Um, so can you explain yourself, please? Uh, well, apparently it's a, it's a known joke in Switzerland to make fun of someone you call them a farmer. <laughs> Obviously, the Swiss are a little classist here. <laughs> um, shout out to uh, Carmen, who is our friend that Nicola always bullies. <laughs> Wait, I bully her or she bullies me? Uh, maybe a little of both. Uh, <laughs> uh, you deserve it. Well, she beats me in tennis, so I have to bully her. Does she really? Bit. Yeah, she does. Yeah, she seems much more uh, fit than you. No, I mean, she has played it <laughs> since her childhood, and that's just started. But somebody has to be the new Roger Federer, so that's why I started playing tennis. Oh, that's fair, I guess. <laughs> You'll quit Blake for tennis. Uh, well, maybe in the future, probably not. <laughs> um, yes, and we also got to enjoy um, playing a little bit of soccer ourselves. Um, you were terrible. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I would suggest that you were terrified of superior American athleticism. Uh, well, actually, I just forgot. Actually, you didn't join us at that specific soccer game because you were um, um, sleeping in. And why didn't why did you sleep in, Alex? Uh, it's a little it's a little embarrassing. Um, I think I got food poisoning or something. I was a little sick from travels. Uh, I couldn't make it up that morning. But then you know what? Uh, back to the door. I did actually end up getting up to try to join them. And I wanted to leave and I couldn't leave because Nick and I took the key. So I was locked inside the apartment. And again, fire hazard. Fire hazard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, maybe, you know, we always say in Switzerland, uh, I've already said it on the podcast, that people in uh, America, not just California, um, also in very different other states, are much warmer, much more open to people, much warmer. The service is better. Um what was your impression of Swiss people now? I always say Swiss people or Swiss people think of themselves that they're more reserved, closed. Um, how did you um, experience that? I don't think it's true, honestly. There was one bartender who was kind of rude uh, in, uh, was it Interlaken? Yes. And uh, there was also a restaurant in Zermatt where uh, the service was a little chilly. But other than those two experiences, everyone was perfectly warm. Uh, actually this morning I had to take a COVID test because you need a negative antigen or NAAT to travel back to the U.S. And the, the nurse, she was so kind, so, uh, good to us. Even during her lunch break, she did a little bit of extra work to get us our tests results faster. Really, really excellent. And I, I really like the way you guys greet each other. Uh, how, what was it? Uh, Grüezi? Grüezi? Yeah, yes. they're always so pleasant about it. Like, Grüezi! It's so... <laughs> it's cute, and I really like it. And um, 
Yes, so now you're going back. This is actually our last hours uh, we spent together. Maybe uh, a question I have, I didn't ask you yet. Um, what do you bring back to America? Like, um, what do you think could Americans learn from Swiss people? I, I guess one thing that we could really learn from is the internationality. Switzerland, you know, is a very international place. And so they have a policy of being able to listen very well to other people, get all of the perspectives. I think that's something the U.S. could use a lot of right now. Hmm. I agree. All right. Um, we will talk more about Switzerland, one specific event, the, the Zurich Derby, a bit later. <laughs> Our favorite event, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. I do think it was the highlight of the trip for me. It was probably my favorite thing we did. For me, it was the highlight until the 95th minute and the 2-1 for FC Zurich. <laughs> Afterwards, it became a nightmare. But, it's a uh, shame because the night I first got here, we actually saw a grasshopper in the elevator. Uh, and then again on our hike uh, at the Matterhorn, we saw another grasshopper. We saw two grasshoppers, but the problem was that uh, the Zurich logo is a lion and we saw in total three sculptures of lions. So it makes sense that they won by one goal difference yeah. in the end. Bad omens. Ah, damn it. All right. <laughs> um, we're going to play our game uh, in just a second. All right, now we're going to do our game. Uh, I'm really excited to ask Nikolai this question because... Oh, you were going to say something? Yeah, I wanted to know what's actually the, the stand right now. I'm crushing you. It's uh, three to two. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. I'm ready. All right. Nicola, I've gotten to know a lot of your country, including Lensburg, your town. So the question I'm going to ask you is related to Swiss-American relations. Nicola, the castle of Lensburg you learned recently no. was <laughs> purchased by an American at some point and renovated by an American. Uh, by all rights, I suggest the castle of Lensburg is thus more American than Swiss. Maybe we disagree there. Nicola, in what year was the castle of Lensburg purchased by an American? Now, this is a very difficult question, so I'll accept an answer that is within 10 years. So, I've read this too when we were up there, and I think I remember the year. I'm not 100% sure, but um, so it was bought by an American, uh, got renovated, and then it was sold another time, I think, to an American until in the 1950s it was sold to the city of Landsberg. So, I think there were two American owners. And you're looking for the first one, right? Yes. 1917. <laughs> Not even close, Nicola. 1917. It's not even close. Should we go up there and look? It was around that time. I actually Googled it right before this, so I could ask you this question. It's 1893. <sighs> oh, <sighs> you need to learn your Swiss history better, Nicola. I was, but something was 1917, maybe the second American buyer. I have this number in, because I read it. But I don't have a photographic memory as you have. That's a, that's a very hard question. I'm going to change now my, my thoughts for you. I'm telling you that. All right. Uh, I've prepared for you a, a quick Swiss quiz um, with six questions. And I uh, actually wanted to give you one pass. But um, after this question, I decide I will not give you a pass. Oh, come on. I gave you a 10-year leeway on either uh, end. You could have said 83. You could have said 1903. All right. I will give you, uh, I will give you uh, one pass. Okay. Because it's you. But you should actually know uh, all of them because we have discussed uh, about all of them. We've talked about all of them. Well, and, let's see um, it then. 
Right, I'm uh, first one. So you have to know five out of six. What's the population of Switzerland? Obviously, you can... Uh, eight million. Correct. It's, I think, 8.4, 8.5. But yeah, eight million. How many cantons do we have? 26. Damn, I thought this could be a question I get you. Okay. This is politics and government stuff. You're never going to get me on that. Okay. The next one is easy, um, but you didn't know it when we did the quiz on Instagram, so I want to check it again. What's the name of the most iconic mountain in Switzerland? The Matterhorn. Easy one. Three out of three. Now, very important question. Grasshoppers and FC Zurich are rivals. Um, they are from the same city. Something divides these teams in the city of Zurich. What is it? Could you elaborate on what you mean? So we were starting our journey of the Derby in one side of it. Um, there was the old stadium of Grasshoppers who got demolished and we walked to the other side. Um, there was the FC Zurich um, stadium and we have uh, explained you um, what divides these two stadiums and the parts of the city where the teams are from. Ah, this I don't know. The train, uh, the train uh, racks. Oh, the train tracks. They're yeah, the train yeah, tracks. iconic. I should have remembered that. That's yeah. on me. Okay, this was the pass. Three out of four. Um, what is unique about the Swiss flag um, other than almost any other flags? Oh, this is actually really cool trivia. Um, the Swiss flag is a square instead of a rectangle the way a lot of flags are. And I thought that was really cool. It accommodates the Swiss plus perfectly. I actually don't see why more flags aren't squares. Bonus question. Do you remember which other state, country, um, does also have a square flag? I do not. It was the Vatican, uh, city of Vatican. Uh, that makes sense. But, okay, this was a bonus question. Uh, you have four out of five. The last one. In what... Okay, now in this question I have, in what century st gave the Swiss public women the voting rights? But I'm going to change this now from century to year, because you also asked me the year. In what century gave the Swiss public the women the voting rights on the federal level? 1971 or 1973. It's, one of, it's somewhere in there. 1971 is correct. Yes! I give it to you. Okay, correct, correct. All right. Four to two. <laughs> oh. You're going to wear a 49ers jersey and you're going to march proudly through Lensburg. Actually, I just I just remembered I wanted to give you the grasshopper shirt you wore at the Derby as a present, but I don't think I'm going to give it to you now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, we'll be back in just a second. Okay, Alex, um, talking about the Zurich Derby, I have advertised this a lot on the podcast um, and I've probably also exaggerated sometimes a bit um, with um, the most successful teams and blah, blah, blah. Swiss people know that was maybe true in the past, but uh, not really anymore. Um, how was your experience? Breathtaking. It reminds me of the first game I went to for my favorite soccer team in the English Premier League, the Tottenham Hotspurs. Uh, my first time seeing them in person was in 2013 or 14. And I really fell in love with live soccer at the time, the atmosphere. This was even better than that. Because even though the Tottenham Hotspurs, you know, are excellent and are my favorite team in soccer, it's still a very large team, a very large fandom. And that can be nice. But the more local uh, support for the Grasshoppers, I thought, made a more powerful atmosphere. I really had an excellent time. 
during the first goal of the game, uh, Nicola hurled his beer into the air and it rained down. And he wasn't the only one who did that. And he jumped on us, giving us huge hugs. The joy was palpable. It was just an explosion of happiness. I've never seen fans so energetic about a single goal in a local game. You would think they were playing in the World Cup. Well, the happiness didn't last that long, did it? It lasted a long time, uh, for me at least. It's just the 95th minute. Yeah, they unfortunately scored and we lost. Uh, I would suggest the referee was a little biased. We got a red card in the second half. Uh, I would suggest there was some foul play there. No, but I mean, seriously, obviously I was uh, unhappy that the Grasshoppers lost, but um, to explain, um, I'm not going to every game and, uh, you know, it doesn't mean that much anymore, maybe as it did as a child. And it's just uh, great to spend some time with uh, with friends and uh, have a beer, uh, have a laugh and uh, watch a game and have a good time. It's all about that. So even if we lost, uh, I had a, an amazing time, right? It's not all, only about the result. Actually, the, the result comes second to me. Yeah, it was a fantastic time. I'll admit, uh, I was actually pretty upset when we lost. I got really emotionally invested. Uh, so when we lost in the very last minute, I was, I was devastated. Um, I kicked some stuff. Uh, <laughs> I destroyed a pair of sunglasses uh, that I found them already destroyed. They were not mine. Uh, they'd already been destroyed, so I just destroyed them more to vent my frustration. Such a violent American <laughs> here, huh? You really, you really fit in in the Zurich Derby style. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. No, we don't want to. We don't obviously know violent violence. Violence has, has has no place, and I'm not just saying that because um, we have actually experienced um, not violence, but a very disturbing um, thing. You know, it's uh, it's unfortunately very common in Switzerland, especially at uh, these games, uh, the Zurich Derby, that there is violence happening all the time. We got lucky in the beginning; um, there was no violence um, before the game, during the game, um, and uh, we parked a little bit outside. Um, of um of the stadium in an outside area and i told the guys um, my friends um get a uber go get the car um so the uber drops them off right at the parking garage so they don't have to walk through the city because if you walk through the city and it's very possible it has happened to me before that some people come up to you they um they can steal your stuff they can punch you very dangerous um so you went ahead with the uber and um you've seen what happened before right yeah uh i was in the group that waited with nicola for a bit and while we were waiting for the car, a group of FC Zurich fans passed by us, a group of literally like 40 of them returning to their cars. And they were taunting us as they walked past us. A lot of them spat at us. One of them actually did spit on Nicola. Uh, I'll be honest. I thought it was a disgraceful thing what they did. It was classless. It does nothing but damage the reputation of your team and your sport. I've never seen something so shameful in any sporting event in the U.S. or any other country. Uh, and the Grasshoppers, I thought, were perfectly reasonable. FC Zurich, I thought, really, really disgraced themselves with this particular instance. I mean, um, you are right at this instance, but uh, obviously we also have, um, unfortunately, some, um, I call them now idiots, in at every sports team. So also Grasshopper fans could do such a thing and it's just just a shame I was a little bit embarrassed because um, you saw Switzerland that way but um, that's the truth when it comes to our um, soccer games and to, to the Zurich Derby and um, 40 people, 3 people waiting and you see what happens and it could have been worse they could have attacked us, wouldn't have surprised me to be honest and um, yeah I mean you know how do you want to solve that it's just um, people getting out of their mind and um, taking advantage of um, 
the situation where no police um, is around because obviously the police is not coming to these places because they don't want to escalate the situation, right? And they're taking advantage of this so-called law-free zone. Yeah, uh, something I thought was interesting about it, actually, uh, it highlighted something I've been thinking about Swiss culture in general. I feel, from what, I, from what I've experienced, one of the divides of Switzerland is a divide between those who live in maybe farther outskirt towns or rural places and people in the city. I got the sense there's animosity and that a lot of the city dwellers in Switzerland maybe look down a little bit on the people who are more in the country of Switzerland. Uh, you know, for example, we have uh, that joke we talked about about farmers. That's a smaller instance of it. But then you see this massive crowd of FC Zurich fans, the team with many more fans, obviously. It's a team with a bigger support base from a bigger like city. And it really showed me there there is some degree of class divide, some degree of looking down on other people. At least that's my impression. Well, Alex is totally right, but you got mixed up one thing. Um, it's very important. Grasshoppers is also from the city of Zurich. That's fair, yeah. yeah. So just to add that, very important to me, because uh, maybe I also uh, I'm uh, somebody who, who does that, what you just described. Um, although I grew up in a, in a more countryside area, um, <clears throat> but it's definitely true. When it comes to politics, you can see always the divide and how people vote. And um, there are jokes um, against each other, I guess, uh, so uh, definitely true. I, don't, I wouldn't say it's a it's a big divide, you know, um, but um, you can you can observe that in in many places. My father is from the Canton of Valis. It's a uh, a canton with a lot of mountains. We've been in Zermatt. That's a one one part of this canton, and um, you know there are so many um, jokes and uh, stereotypes about these people from the mountains that are not very nice to tell. All the other hand, you should not take all the jokes um, seriously and personally, right? I was fortunate I actually didn't hear any of the jokes about the people in the mountain. They were in Swiss German. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's fair. I didn't understand any of the jokes then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, I think um, this is the end of your Swiss trip, Alex. It is, yeah. Uh, go grasshoppers, by the way. Forever and always. Uh, I'm thinking this night, uh, if I give you the jersey tomorrow at the airport, I will, uh, I will <laughs> see, I guess. I gave Carlos actually the um, I don't know if you know that I gave Carlos the the orange shirt because it fits his hair. Uh, so matches well. his hair. Yeah, his orange hair. His oh orange god. afro. Yeah. Oh my god. You think it's a game? You think it's a fucking game? We're back with the hot seat, and um, as you can see, actually the podcast listeners can see it, but everybody else who's watching it on Instagram can see it. Alex is on the hot seat because this time, for this segment, we're doing this also as a video shoot. So Alex is sitting here with a Swiss jersey and a big Swiss hat <laughs> for the special uh, hot seat edition Switzerland. Um, hot seat, uh, we started this on our last podcast. Me as a journalist, I'm going to ask Alex three more or less tough questions. And he, as an aspiring US president, politician, will give me answers um short answers 30 second answers and hopefully clear answers um that's why he's sitting on the hot seat so do you believe that switzerland is neutral <laughs> i would suggest that in terms of economics and in terms of the alliances and political engagements it's willing to insert itself into 
yeah, Switzerland is neutral, but it is also the case that it is partially a marketing strategy to draw business into Switzerland. And, you know, you get a lot of big conventions in Geneva, for example, you have world leaders meeting here. I do think it adds value to the Swiss economy and the Swiss political standing. So there's a strategic element to it. In the constitution of Switzerland, um, the neutrality is very important there. So our political leaders, they have to keep the neutrality up. Uh, you're saying it's a marketing strategy, partly. Do you say the Swiss constitution is a marketing strategy? I'm not saying the Swiss constitution is a marketing strategy, but what I am saying is that modern politicians and lawmakers and Swiss decision makers are very cognizant of the reputation that Switzerland has for neutrality and that they're happy to take advantage of it. And I don't blame them. Switzerland is a small country. Uh, I would do the exact same thing in their position. Do you believe that the Swiss political system of a direct democracy is better than the representative democracy in the United States? Yes, I do believe so. And the reason for it is the Swiss are a lot more up to date on their political issues. Not only do they vote more often and have more say in what's going on in their society, but there's a lot less noise and chatter and confusion about the issues. And in the US, I think that's something we could really learn from right now. Switzerland has a free trade agreement with China, but not with the US. We are trying to get one under some circumstances, though, for a long time. Switzerland is the seventh largest direct foreign investor in America. Would you be interested as future president in prioritizing negotiations with Switzerland? I would, yes. Switzerland has a robust economy, a powerful and thorough democracy, and it's very consistent in, in many of its values. And I would suggest that if the US wants to remain globally competitive in the future, we need to do more of what China's doing in terms of building partnerships and coalitions with other countries, building infrastructure around the world. Yes, we can. Thank you. God bless you.